Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that helps you get unstuck in life in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. I'm your host, Jerry, and in just a moment, we're going to have a special guest host, Katina Stiff. She's the host of TrueIdentity.life. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so much more. And we're also going to have another podcaster join us as our special guest, and that is Dave Ebert. He is from Gifts for Glory podcast, as well as GiftsForGlory.com. And the reason why we have him on is he's going to share with us how comedy helped him get out of depression and ideations of suicide, where now, today, improv and comedy have become part of his ministry. So he leads a troupe of comedians who go out into the community and they put on shows, they compete in improv contests and so much more to deliver clean, wholesome improv comedy that not only brings a smile to your face, but also brings joy to those who have suffered from one of the worst things that could happen to you, and that's human trafficking. So sit back and relax unless you are driving a tractor or any other type of machinery, or you're just at work. Listen to us in the background. So we're going to have our conversation with Dave. We're going to talk about the benefits of improv with Katina. Here we go. All right. Hey, Katina, welcome. Uh, It's great to have somebody smart, intelligent, beautiful to fill in the shoes of Brandon. Plug it in. Plug it in. No need to put Thanks a check for in my name. Yeah, oh man, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, now, I may have mentioned it in the intro. Actually, I don't think I have, but yeah, you're launching your own podcast. And that is, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Trueidentity.life is the name of my podcast. And it's all about our um, inner being and finding out who we, we've lost ourselves through, um, it could be through different circumstances in life. For me, it was work, wife, mother, abuse, you know, and I really wanted to dig in and find out just who I was, um, who God intended for me to be. So true identity is what we named this ministry. And so we talk to others about the same. Nice. And, you know, they say it takes us, uh, you know, about seven episodes is where most people quit. Uh, 20 episodes where most people start to uh, notice your show. And I, I forgot the number of episodes where you start to feel like you're in your groove. So we're going to help you get five of those episodes sort of knocked out today Aww, in our recording session. That's right. So, you know, <laughs> practice on us all you want. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to impact your show as much. Like, oh, did you hear uh, Katina on that other show? And uh, that people aren't going to do that. But you get that practice in and it's going to be great to have you on with us. Well, and- I really appreciate it. And then we have with us Dave Ebert, who is from Gifts for Glory podcast, giftsforglory.com. He's a pastor. He's an improv comedian. Uh, how are you doing, Dave? I'm doing very well. Uh, how are you guys doing? I am doing good. I got a cup okay. of coffee here. I put on a clean shirt. And <laughs> that that's about it right there. I mean, I've got pants on, too. But oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Those Sorry. aren't clean. Just the shirt. <laughs> just the shirt. Actually, yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> and Katina, congratulations on the new podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm going for it. I keep saying I, I kept saying I was gonna do it, but 
I'm doing it now. Yeah. She had a couple of guys, uh, one in particular, Brandon, kind of nudge her out of the nest and say, all right, you got to launch. So He did. Yeah. He, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> uh, oh, no, we're not doing shout outs to Brandon. No, I'm kidding. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. Okay, edit that out. <laughs> no, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> uh, now, Dave, I wanted to have you on the show uh, because I mean, we met through the Christian Podcasters Association. And it was one of Eric's you know, call outs to if you want to be a guest on other people's shows, uh, go ahead and throw your name in the hat here on this thread. And I saw your, your story up there about overcoming depression through comedy and improv and that you had an improv ministry. I'm like, okay, I've been podcasting for a number of years. I've been in ministry for a number of years. I've never heard of improv ministry that I need to hear about. I want to learn more about that. And and so I invited you. You said yes. And um, man, we roped you in. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, (coughs) That's what I get for making myself laugh. Um, So anyway, uh, go ahead and tell us about, um, you know, what is an improv ministry and how does that help people, uh, heal or, or find, you know, some, some sort of sense of healing or, or completion? Sure. Well, I think that we can all agree that laughter is the best medicine. Um, the Bible tells us that a joyful heart or laughter, it, it's always good for the soul. And so God gave us laughter as a gift, a gift to overcome, to battle against the hopelessness. One of my favorite comedians, and I quote him often, is Michael Jr. Oh, Uh, yes. He's amazing. And he gave an interview where he said that laughter is the tangible evidence of hope. Mm. And for me, Uh. that's just that is like that'll preach, that'll preach. Uh, Because if you laugh, then there's still a spark in you. There's still something, no matter how deep down it is, no matter how much you're going through, if you're able to laugh and have a genuine belly laugh, Mm -hmm. then there is that semblance of hope that's still there that can be sparked in and reignited. Uh, So uh, through comedy, we're seeing that we're able to get people to find that hope to see that there's something bigger than the pressures of the world. And when you get a group of people who don't know each other into a room and they laugh together, suddenly none of them feel alone because they're all connected because they all found that common, uh, whatever it is, they found a common thing that they admitted, Hey, we all think that that was funny. And because we all think the same thing, we're all not that different. And so, you know, bringing people together, uniting them in laughter, uh, that's what the improv ministry is about. And it's also about teaching improv as a way to uh, overcome fears, to um, to kind of get out of your own way when you're trying to share your testimony or share the gospel. Because so many of us within the body of Christ are like, I, I don't know what to say. And, you know, I kind of go at it from the Luke 12 philosophy of, just trust in the Holy Spirit and he's going to give you the words, but you got to go out there and start moving your mouth. And so that's what we uh, like to do. I found it interesting. You just said that, you know, this group of people, when they come together for this improv ministry, you know, they're strangers, but they find this connection through identifying a common ground through laughter. I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to hear that. I was expecting, you know, something more about individuality. And uh, <laughs> so what kind of connections have you seen people form or, you know, some of those examples of common ground that people have found? One example I like to point out is when we went to do, we're a Christian ministry, we do completely clean comedy. 
uh, we went into a bar for a comedy night. Uh, a, fr- a friend of ours who's not a Christian said, hey, you guys are pretty funny. Why don't you come out to our comedy night at this bar? We were one of the last acts, and throughout the evening, the, the comedians got more and more raunchy and oh. more and more. And you could see that as it got more raunchy, they were getting laughs, but there was always this, it's almost like people were like internally popping the clutch on the laughter. It's like, can I laugh? Okay, then we'll go. Or, wow, that was shocking. Was that, was that bad or was that funny? Okay, I'll laugh because everyone else is. Yeah. But, but when we got in there, there was none of that. When we did something, when we delivered a line, when we made something that was recognizable as, you know, I know somebody that's like that, you heard the immediate response. You heard the entire bar come together. And I believe it's more the the clean, the family-friendly, the universality of our comedy that brought people together. And it wasn't the fact that we were the last act and they'd already been more inebriated than the early acts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you see it when you have like these raunchy acts trying to push the envelope mm-hmm. and the crowd isn't drunk enough to say, oh, that's hilarious. Like they're still checking each other on a social level. Like, is this still okay to laugh at? And then they're laughing. Mm-hmm. So just seeing that people, seeing people coming together, you know, you had your groups of people that knew each other, obviously, but for the most part, they were all strangers in a bar, enjoying, um, uh, you know, the uh, the liquid refreshments. Yeah. And, <laughs> but they they, became, they came together as a crowd while we were up there because there was nothing to check. There was nothing to think about, like, can I laugh at this or. What am I admitting about myself if I laugh at that? Mm-hmm. There was just, hey, let's just enjoy you know these 15, 20 minutes. And, and that became a crowd instead of a group of individuals. Mm-hmm. Now, the people who are participating in the improv, are they in your particular group because they themselves are looking for some kind of help? Or are they in it because they're trying to help others through that laughter? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yes. Both. (laughs) Uh, Because really, and my wife and I have talked about this often, as much as the ministry is to go out to audiences to churches to secular events it's a ministry for each other Uh, we support each other we encourage each other Uh, there's a little bit of accountability there because we're trying to be in the public eye so we also have to make sure to protect our testimony yeah Uh, we don't want to have somebody that says yeah i'm a christian on sunday but uh monday to saturday they're out there cursing uh, spewing hatred online. You know, it's a ministry to each other where we, account- we hold each other accountable, not in a, you know, me over them way, but it's just like, we're, 
we're brothers and sisters in Christ, which actually it's one brother and four sisters plus my wife, uh, which is a very interesting dynamic because you don't see that in comedy. Right. Usually it's a, a very white male dominated uh, field. Oh, wow. So we have a mix of different ethnicities, different ages, and four women and one man, which is by itself is just a very interesting dynamic. I love that. Now, oh, go ahead, Katina. No, I was just going to say, I just, I just really love that. You know, you're, you have ministry in several different ways when you go out on the stage, you know, the diversity of you guys, the laughter fact of it, and the fact that you're just showing Christ and what you do. So I just, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and the thing is, I think my, my wife realizes how pretty I am. People like to talk and stir th- things up. So if I go to a show and it's just me and my team, people like to talk. And if my wife is there, it's like, nah, see, it's like some of my backstage pass. I got, I got permission. I'm here. We're, we're good. And it's uh, so it's about protecting the ministry. It's also protecting you know, their reputation, uh, because I want to make sure that there's never anything about our ministry that's below board, that's questionable, because the Bible warns, you know, avoid even the appearance of evil. Uh, so my wife is very supportive. She does a lot of work back uh, behind the scenes. Uh, we did a virtual show for about uh, four months uh, during this, the pandemic. Uh, she ran um, a lot of the suggestions and, and helping uh, support off screen. So, you know, uh, my wife, Bobby has been very vital to, uh, to gifts of glory and to uh, wall verse comedy. Nice. Nice. And it's very important to have those, those protections in place. I, I'm such a lazy person when it comes to quoting scripture, uh, <laughs> but I do know it's in there somewhere in the new Testament. So we'll narrow it down for our listeners. If you want to go, you know, fact check me, uh, <laughs> but it, it talks about if you're going to be a leader or an elder within the church, that there are certain qualities that you have to have. And in essence, what they're saying is you got to be above reproach. You've got to have mm-hmm. certain qualities about yourself where it, builds and maintains trust and so it sounds like you and your wife will work together to put those systems and processes in place to protect the trust that you know the participants have in the improv mm-hmm. ministry and um you know that's that's how you keep that thing growing i've seen pastors who put those guards in place and we've unfortunately seen pastors who you know they skirted a rule that they had for themselves and then they they had their fall or they um you know they they made a mistake of some kind whether it was anger or infidelity or um mm-hmm. or greed you know we're human you know and, and but it, it does such damage to the trust that people have in your ministry when it's like wait jerry embezzled three million dollars like no actually i i didn't but uh just i was saying that for the fact you know like mm-hmm. the record because yeah. you know this is going to turn up on twitter like did you know that guy embezzled three million dollars i'm like no that was an example <laughs> <laughs> and it, it didn't really happen uh but anyway um uh, so it, it's not good to wanting, hear. not wanting to give the enemy a foothold yes exactly so exactly and now my understanding is that improv now i've heard about i'm trying to start like three statements all at the same time. Uh, so I'll back up a little bit. Uh, I had read somewhere many, many years ago about a guy who had been diagnosed with cancer. It was meant to be terminal and he was expected to die within a matter of weeks. 
So mm. this is the back in the days of VCRs. He basically rented and pulled out every copy of his favorite comedy movie or show, what have you. He rented a hotel room for three days. Uh, it might have been longer. And he sat in that hotel room, hooked the VCR up to the TV, and he just watched every comedy that he just found joy in. And he did that for as long as he could. Goes back home. That, that was just sort of like his bucket list thing. Like, well, I'm dying anyway. Let me you know, kind of recap my whole life here through comedy. And he just spent the whole time laughing and laughing and laughing. And when he goes in for his follow-up uh, examination, it turns out... Uh, all traces of cancer are gone. Wow. That, uh, and, and, you know, one, it was a miracle. Like he was expected oh, yeah. to die. And, uh, it, I don't think it had metastasized, but it was bad. Like he was supposed to be a gunner. And so that kind of opened up the door for, well, why scientifically what happened? And it turns out that there was a science behind the laughter. So the laughter was created endorphins that were actually releasing just the right types of hormones and chemicals in the body to combat the cancer. And, uh, and, and he was healed. So it worked for him. And you talked about earlier that, you know, laughter is medicine. You know, Michael Jr. had said it to you and, or, you know, you heard him say it and it, it worked for you though, is, is what I'm getting at. And, can you tell us about how laughter and improv and comedy helped you in your own healing process? Absolutely. So for many years, uh, and you mentioned it during the intro, I uh, battled with uh, severe depression. Um, it started in high school, uh, just a, just a, a whole heap of things kind of led to it. Uh, my dad's illnesses, he was a Vietnam veteran that uh, ended up uh, suffering from a lot of side effects of the agent orange um, and because of that, he and I had a lot of friction. Um, and, you know, I, I think that part of, part of it was the chemical, um, the, whatever I inherited from him uh, impacted, you know, how my mind was working. Mm -hmm. And so I entered into this deep depression um, in high school. And my whole life, I used comedy to, like, just to entertain people because I just enjoyed hearing other people laugh. Uh, but when I entered into the depression, it, it became a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. It was so that people, number one, didn't see what I was going through. Number two, hopefully they wouldn't go through what I was going through. And number three, it gave me a sense of value that I was able to help somebody else through laughter. And so I battled depression all those years, thought about suicide many times. Um, but it really wasn't until 2013 so we're talking almost 20 years of battling depression mm -hmm. that um, I finally found God. I finally, I didn't find God. I finally accepted that God was reaching out to me and he flipped it um, because I used to use comedy as a way to, to hide who I was. Now I'm using comedy as a way to reveal who he is. Wow. Um, so comedy was a, a way that I would find value but now I had, I use it to show value because comedy gave me that in making people laugh, performing, being in front of people, it always eased the tension in the room. It always broke the tension. It always made things feel hopeful. Like there was something better, something bigger than this current situation. And now that I've pursued God and now that I've got this relationship through Jesus Christ, I now understand the why, the why laughter heals the why there's a an importance to find hope 
And so when I use comedy uh, as a way to, to minister to people, it's because I'm trying to show and allowing God to show through me that no matter what we see, no matter the burdens we carry, no matter how you feel, that there's hope and there's something bigger and better. And that's, you know, in the show's called Out of the Rut. Um, did I quote that right? That's Beyond the Rut, but... Beyond the Rut. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But that We're is the essence. Early. We want to get you out of the rut. So. Yeah, out of the rut. You, you so get the get gist. Beyond the Rut. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, that's really embarrassing. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> For full disclosure, we're recording early in the morning, uh, and I'm not fully there yet. <laughs> um, it's okay. So I'm only on my be- first cup of coffee, so <laughs> we need to get the beyond the rut of the morning brain. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, just helping people get beyond the rut and um, and having them laugh, and because this earth is very, very just laden with ruts. It's so easy to get into ruts in every day where you think like, Oh, I'm going to work, driving to work. Oh, I've heard the same bad news every day on the radio, even though it's a different day. It's like, we feel like we're living in groundhog day, even though seasons change, time changes. We still feel in that rut, but if we can laugh, we can realize that there's something above and beyond the rut. Um, and that's that's what it's all about. Whether it's us as well versed comedy on stage performing, or it's coaching improv, it's all about getting our eyes above and beyond the rut to to something that's bigger and better and brighter. Nice. I was sharing with a friend this morning as I was doing that. I, I don't know why, but I got talked into doing a a two mile ruck march every couple of days a week, and I was sharing with this friend of mine that. You know, Beyond the Rights drafted a manifesto that we've never published and <laughs> which says a lot, right? Like here we're, we're a show about being beyond the rut and get out, out of your ruts. And we've got this rut where we've got this manifesto that's been sitting aside for a number of years. Uh, but in there, we make that analogy that it's a hiking analogy that, mm-hmm. you know, when you're hiking for miles and miles and miles, you know, at some point you get tired of kicking rocks and stubbing your toes. And so you start looking down at the trail because you don't want to step on any rocks. But then after a couple of miles or a few miles, you're like, you know, this is kind of boring. It's just nothing but rocks and dirt. But then once in a while, what I would do is I'd look up just to kind of see where I was going. And when I looked up and I looked forward, there was like this beauty I was surrounded by. There's this beauty ahead of me. There's this great view that I need to stop and take a picture of and mm-hmm. capture a memory. And, and I thought, wow, what great timing that I looked up to see this wonderful view in front of me. And at some point while we were writing this manifesto, I realized, wait a sec, that view has been there the whole time though. That possibility what's ahead of me on this trail has been there the whole time. I just never looked up to appreciate it and see it and take it in. And what you had just shared really jogged my memory of this manifesto. The conversation this morning, of course, reminded me I need to finish this manifesto. Uh, (laughs) But it's really neat, though. Comedy as a way to look up and look higher that, you know, there is hope. There is a lightness to life, even though we are surrounded by doom and gloom, especially in the media. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've been absolutely blessed to be able to do is take improv into um, an organization called Salt and Light Coalition. 
and they uh, work with women who have survived sex trafficking. They've uh, been through literal hell on earth, and they're now trying to rebuild their lives or build a new life. And so I I was uh, blessed to be able to bring improv to these ladies and teach it as a way to improve communication, uh, improve self-esteem, tap into creativity. And at the end of the day, if none of that takes for an hour, they're able to laugh like little girls, possibly for the first time in their lives, because there's been several of them that were sold into this lifestyle by their parents as young girls. Hmm. Wow. Um, so they've been through hell on earth and they're trying to build a new life. And the organization has enough faith in me as a man to come in to, and work with these ladies. So that's been the, if nothing else happens with comedy there, I wanted to make a career out of comedy, but if nothing else happens, then I know that there is a purpose behind it all because I know that God is using improv as a way to help these ladies in their journey back to getting on their feet. And it's just, it's a real joy. And it's just beautiful to come into this room where these women are carrying the burdens of the world. Not only are they carrying this hurt that they've been through, but also the burdens of trying to find a job, trying to find an apartment, trying to care for their kids or trying to get their kids back from the court system. So they're carrying all this on their shoulders and to see in five minutes of silly improv warmups, they literally crack up. You see the burdens and, and what they're wearing, just crack up and fall to the floor and getting to do that a couple, you know, once a month or a couple times a month, it, it's a pure joy. And so it's, it's awesome. It's why I, came to Chicago to do improv. Well, now that you have said that, I have to jump in and say something because that is something that is really um, human trafficking is dear to my heart. So this is just really to keep encouraging you to stand on a platform that you are in um, because for the last over, let's see, about 20 years or so, I've been in ministry working with um, helping women um, who have been battered um, children, battered situations, and also in human trafficking. Here where I live now, the last six, seven years, that's what I was doing. And me, who have gone through a lot of that myself, I want to tell you it is very cr crucial to see men come in and say, you know, this is how, this is how it should look. This is how it can look to give hope, you know, to someone else. So I appreciate that you, that you allow God to use you in those circumstances where people, where other women can laugh. We can get, we get to look at um, the world in a different way, you know? So I appreciate you being able to do that. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, like I said, if if nothing else happens with comedy, this is this is important, and it's it, it's I, I will never underappreciate the the blessing and the gift that it is to be trusted to come in and and work with these ladies because they're amazing people, and unfortunately in our society they're often overlooked. They're often yeah. thought of. They, they're looked upon as, oh, you're just this or you're just that or you've made so many bad choices, so you don't deserve my respect. And 
and people just don't know what they've been through. And the fact that they're able to walk on their own two feet is a miracle in itself. It takes a lot of courage to walk away Mm -hmm. as they have done. So, um, so again, thank you for using your platform to encourage and allowing God to use you to do so. Thank you. Wow. That, that's a piece of gold right there. I wasn't expecting to uncover. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. So mark it on the calendar. Uh, we've left Jerry kind of speechless. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On November 7th, 2020. <laughs> Only a few people have done that to me. Um, oh man. I, it, it just, it's so amazing. Uh, I just know from like abusive relationships, it takes an average of seven attempts to get away from that mm. and human trafficking. It probably takes a lot more. I mean, cause now, I mean, you're talking about enforcers, you're talking about pimps, you're talking about, you know, people who have financial and physical control over the other person uh, on a greater level than uh, an abusive relationship. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, that, the world they've seen is dark. And so to bring that hope to them um, that they can get past this, that, you know, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to, you know, be whole again and, and mm-hmm. be human. I, I think that's, that's a key part of laughter. So I, man, I'm just, I'm blown away by that, that, that alone, I think, I mean, the whole story up to this point and listening to other episodes where you've been interviewed um, and we're going to link those into the show notes, uh, like, uh, the interview you did on Letters from Home with Meg Leesner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had her on the show, and I'm going to definitely link that interview in. Um, and there are a few others I came across that I'm going to link into the show notes. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, <laughs> what I kind of, I don't, this this might be a total disaster, Katina, but I'm going to drag you in this with oh, me. We're doing no. this. Uh, <laughs> so uh, is it possible, Dave, to lead us through, the three of us, through some kind of improv exercise just to demonstrate for our listeners uh what comes through an improv session and it doesn't have to take terribly long it but uh and again this could be totally terrible but uh, i just want to hand the the control of this this episode at this point to you dave if you'll lead us through some kind of improv activity that um you know people get expect when they come to one of your shows all right um so for teaching improv, it, it's um, to, to bring you all, all in. One of the exercises we love to do is called rants. Oh, and yes. w- with rants, um, what it is, is uh, doing it virtually is a lot di- different than doing it live, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so what I will do is I'll assign Jerry, you'll be number one. Okay. I'll hold it up into the camera. So uh, the people listening to the audio, they won't see what's happening. They'll just hear the result, uh, which I think will be fine anyway. So what I'll do, and then uh, Katina, you'll be number two, only because you're on the lower level. That okay. helps me mentally. Um, so uh, what will happen is I'll give each of you a topic. And okay. uh, you'll take that topic, and you'll just find a way to connect to it emotionally. So if your topic was bananas, I don't want to hear you talk about, oh, bananas are yellow and they have white flesh and they come from trees and they're often known for monkeys eating them. I want you to connect to it. So if I give you bananas, think about a time that you went on a date and you had banana splits or think about a time that uh, you went to the store and you're shopping produce and something really cool happened. So connect to your topic, find emotionally. And the idea behind this exercise is that, we all have stuff to say. We all have something important to say. 
So, uh, Jerry, your topic will be um, shirts. Shirts. And, uh, Katina, uh, your uh, topic will be um, envelope. So what what will happen is I'll hold the number one, and that's when Jerry will be speaking. I'll hold her number two, and that's when Katina will speak. And you don't stop speaking until you see me pull your, your number down. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jerry. <laughs> you just had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well this works right. with my day job too because my boss challenged me to come up with some some activities that'll drag us out of our comfort zones for our audience and i was like you know i heard improv can do that let's do it so yeah. here we go all right so shirts envelope and uh, just take a moment to think like what is something in my life that connects to envelope or what connects to shirt so um we'll start all right. So there was a time when I had a shirt on and there's a lot of times when I've had a shirt on, but one in particular, I had to present in front of a, a class. It was an after class. It was an after lunch type of workshop. I had a, um, it was a hamburger and nice, greasy, juicy hamburger with mayo, ketchup, no lettuce, no tomato, none of the veggie stuff. I just wanted the meat, cheese, bread, fats, and all that good stuff. And I'm presenting in front of this crowd for a good hour. Before I put them in break. Okay, envelope. So I'm thinking about myself as far as being in a, this, there's different types of envelopes. We have uh, vanilla envelopes where you could just open up, slide something in. We have envelopes where you, where you need to flip uh the top open, stick something in, seal it, close it. It won't open again. Um, and how do I see myself in the envelope? I can be put inside of an envelope and I can be, I can break outside, break out of that envelope, be free. In so it turns out I had this stain of ketchup and mayo and, and mustard on on my shirt and it wasn't like a little but tiny my envelope speck. though it was like a big to put three inch glob in the straight down the so. front I'm like, and people have been looking at that the whole time laughing giggling talking to each other and they were like whispering they were like writing notes they were texting each other in class and this had been going on for an hour before i realized that was there and my coworkers didn't tell me about it they didn't it was just it was there for an hour in front of this crowd and my envelope red, yellow stain hmm. and my envelope that i am completely out of now and when i say that i'm free from it from every way that you can seal it i am free and free indeed from it all right <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> so it got really hard when both of you were talking right it did yes oh my god <laughs> i think it shut down katina she she like backed off and let me have the floor and i, I just I kept going <laughs> when you don't know what you're talking about i was like (laughs) (laughs) and and that was a perfect example of how improv works is sometimes we want to think in the concrete and we want to think envelope 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 uh but it would be awesome and this this is not a criticism it's like how i would teach a class is maybe next time if you have envelope you think about the time you got a love letter maybe the time that Uh, your husband, boyfriend, or secret admirer sent you a card and just talk about that. So that way it becomes a jumping off point. Just like with Jerry, 
and again, not you know, comparison, like Jerry's a star student. I'm just saying that, you know, Jerry took it and he talked about a story related to the shirt. So it was like a jumping off point. And when we use as an idea as the jumping off point and connect to it emotionally, we'll find that we know we don't run out of stuff to say. We find out that we have a voice. We find out that we have something valuable to offer because we've had experiences related to that. So that was one of the, that's one of the basic exercises that we do is just to realize that, Oh, once I start communicating what makes me humid, the emotions, the memories, I've got a lot of stuff to say, and it could be really entertaining. It may not be completely funny, but it's going to be engaging and fu- and entertaining, and and people are going to like, wow, I'm really really enjoying this story. Yeah, and I think people see you on a human level when you do that as well. That yeah. that humanity comes through that through that emotion. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about improv that a lot of people who are afraid of doing it kind of think too much about is it's not about being funny um with improv most of the laughter comes through recognition of that somebody i know or that's something that i would do or that's something i have done um the the connection between making up human interactions on stage and what people have experienced that's where a lot of the humor comes from it's more of recognition than it is of oh we're just the funniest most creative people on earth uh i am but you know, that's not what people are laughing at <laughs> there we go that's yeah. the confidence we needed to hear <laughs> now that you have given uh given that advice <laughs> um about it i can think of all kinds of things about the envelope that of me having a box where i do save cards mm. you know with in the envelopes you know but other than that i would have never thought about that continue had you re- not just said something you know <laughs> continue are you saying you want a rematch no I'm kidding. <laughs> no i do not <laughs> uh, we got four more episodes to go we can do this <laughs> hey i'm just warming up there we go <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you, Dave, for leading us through that. Now, if folks want to reach out to your ministry, maybe to participate or to book you or listen to your show, what what, what are the best places for them to find all those resources and links and stuff? I tend to be like 90% of America and spend way too much time on Facebook. So being on Facebook is usually the easiest way to find or uh, get a hold of me uh, for the Gifts for Glory Ministries uh, with our podcast and, and everything else. Uh, just look for us at Gifts, the number four, Glory. And uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of me directly uh, as far as speaking, teaching improv, uh, I'm at Real Dave Ebert. Uh, that's R E A L Dave E B E R T. Um, and uh, I'm sure that might be in the show notes because it, it's weird. It's sometimes it's very hard to spell Ebert. Um, you should see some of the letters that I've gotten. It's like, oh, okay, they. they they knew that there were vowels and consonants. They just had no idea which ones are which order. E E B R T. What? <laughs> it's like Cisco and Ebert, just without the the fame or the fortune. There you go. <laughs> and um, also, there's something. Anytime I give an interview, I do want to share. Uh, if there's anybody out there that's similar to what I've done, and 
and has gone through depression and even suicidal thoughts, if you're looking for somebody to talk to, and sometimes it's easier to talk to a complete stranger because there's no judgment, there's no preconceived notions. If you need to vent and just, I call it, just have verbal diarrhea and just get everything out, uh, my email address is always open. It goes to my phone. I'm always ready to hear if you just want to vent. And it's not that I want to preach to you or, or throw scripture at you. It's that I've been there and I know that number one, everybody's depression is different. There's different reasons. There's different levels. So I'm not here to try to tell you how to get out, but I'm here to just walk, walk with you through it. So my email is Dave at giftsforglory.com. Dave at gifts, the number four glory.com. And again, I just want to be there to, to walk with you through it. And again, it goes to my phone. If you're emailing at three o'clock in the morning, I may not be up, but send me an email anyway. And I'll respond as soon as I wake up because I want to be there and, and just walk alongside you and hear what you're going through, hear what you're feeling. And yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. But I also wasn't always safe. So if you need to use language that maybe a pastor wouldn't use, that's perfectly fine too. I, my dad was in the army, so I know all. I know them all. <laughs> yeah, you learned some colorful phrases in the army, Dave. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, coming on here with us and really taking us on a roller coaster. The impact of improv ministry, your own personal journey through it, and using humor to heal, and taking us through an exercise for improv because. Katina did not I don't see know if coming. I want to thank him for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you didn't enjoy it, you can write me a letter, send it in an envelope. Yes. <laughs> With the card. Yeah. I will put it in the card. <laughs> and then put that in the envelope. Yes. <laughs> and then email it to you. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I was going to ask you to leave us something um, with something kind and encouraging, but I think you just did with having um, people reach out to you if they're struggling through depression. So I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. And uh, it it goes, and let's say there's somebody listening that knows somebody's going through that. That email address is for you too. If you need tips, advice, or, or any kind of word to how do I help my husband or my wife or my daughter or my son who's going through this? What would I advise? Uh, I'd be happy to walk with you through that too, because asking for help is sometimes the hardest thing because it, it's just like comedy. You're admitting something about yourself when you laugh. You're admitting something about yourself when you ask for help. It's very hard, but it's also very important. Be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 250. There you'll find a link to giftsforglory.com as well as wellversedcomedy.com and a couple of other resources that we mentioned in this episode. We're also going to link to you some past episodes that relate to mental health as well as, well, anything related to what we talked about today. Actually, there's three episodes I put in there that have to do with Uh, really taking care of you on a mental level. So your mental health, your emotional health are very important when we're talking about the whole person. And so we got some extra episodes in our show notes just for you. Uh, Now, the best way you can pay us back is really to pay us forward. So share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. I don't know. Someday somebody is going to do that somewhere. So I just keep putting it in there. Now, we're glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week. But until then... Go live life beyond the rut. Take care.
You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.